Welcome to the crew to our second episode of What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast uh, where myself, Dan Tucker, and my co-host, El Ray, will take you through three games of discussion with a member of the Channel 3 community. And on that note, I'm going to kick it over to El Ray to talk about who that member of the community is. All right. Hey, everybody. So we have with us um, one of the epitomes, one of the cornerstones of Mario Kart here on C3. Um, and after seeing this list, I was questioning because I thought he only owned one video game, but apparently he has played others. You can find them at c3.gg slash Block Mamba. That is B-L-O-C-K-M-A-M-B-A. Block Mamba, welcome. Say hi. And uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I'm just stoked to be here. Uh, uh, it was awesome to see and watch last week. Uh, following up Bromaine, though, I don't quite have the uh, radio voice that he does. Uh, so we'll kind of give it our give it our best shot here. Listen, the impressive part is that we made it a minute and 30 seconds into this and you did not blurt out the fact that you were the season one experience point champion for Channel 3. I'm impressed with your humility. You could have pointed out, listen, unlike Bromaine, I am the season one champ, but you didn't do it. You high roaded it. And I'm really impressed by that. So good for you. I'm a very humble guy. Very humble guy. Well, we're going to jump into it here. And we're starting with... uh Block Mama's top three games. We're going to start with number one, which is Super Mario Bros. 3, which is one of the highest rated games amongst all Street 3 users. Let us know how, where'd you play it, when'd you play it, what makes it your top game? So I, I spent some time trying to figure out what to do for my top three. And originally I was going to do just like my three favorite games of all time. And I kind of switched those gears up. Um, but however, Super Mario Bros. 3 would have made the list anyway. That's, it's to me, one of the all-time greats. Uh, first time I ever picked it up was actually at my uncle's house. Um, we'd go visit him in the summers. He has just an insane collection of retro video games. I mean, I was sharing some with you guys earlier, but it's the Ataris, the um, ColecoVision. I mean, just in television, like everything, Sega, Nintendo, he's got it all. And so just from an early age, we, me and my brother would go down, lock ourselves in that basement, and just pull out the NES and Super Mario Bros. 3 constantly. And so it was really like my first uh, system game that I played and just poured hours and hours into. Um, I mean, I could honestly beat the game. I've beat Bowser probably 150 plus times in that game. Um, for a while there, I would try to do some like speed runs and I'd get it under like 15, 15 minutes with the use of the whistles, obviously. But uh, so it's just it was my first game that I truly dove into and just played the heck out of and grinded so that's kind of why it just tops my list here for sure yeah i feel like that's that's a an easy one for people of a certain age group because I, I know that was the game i got in trouble for for just playing way too much when a babysitter was holding the fort down i remember the heat of the nes as i left it on through the course of the day because you couldn't i, I had to explain to, to my kids now you didn't get to save games then you just had to play it through the fact that you also said you did it in 15 minutes whistles or not i, I am that that makes my head hurt. It was it was kind of fun, like kind of getting ready for this. I was like watching some videos and things, just kind of doing some nostalgia there. And I um, was watching some of the world record speed runs and the glitches and things like that. And it was just like blowing my mind because some of those guys beat it like in three minutes or something stupid like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As supportive <laughs> as we are of the number three in this group, that that just seems unnatural and unholy. And yeah, right. 
must be moved on from. So, so I got a question. So, were you player one or were you player two? Were you Mario or Luigi in this uh, in this mix? So, well, here I'll answer it like this. My brother was two years older than me. Oh, hey, Luigi. Okay, got it. Luigi, got it. Yeah, but it sounds like your uncle didn't have the Bobo controller or anything like that. So you at least had probably a first party. You weren't stuck with the uh, the Mad Cats uh, Bobo one. Fun fact: I have never used a Mad Cats controller in my life. You're missing out. Let me tell you. I no, I <laughs> I still have. I also like. I treated my controllers like, like they're pristine. I still have my original N64 GameCube. I got them all downstairs, but never a Mad Cats in my entire life. Hey, I say that respectfully. As as a rock band household, I live in. They did a great job with the peripherals there, but they had some rough third party controllers through the years. Yeah. Just yeah, the GameCube Mad Cats. Uh, we'd have we'd go to friends' houses and they'd be using them. I'd bring my own with me because I couldn't do it. Oh yeah, I had the tiny, the tiny clear Mad Cats, the two AAA batteries in the middle of it. That's a so was a special controller on the GameCube. Came special like a pool is hustler. You had you had the case ready to go. <laughs> like you, you came with your own pool cue. Is that what it was? You just had like a uh, a black attaché case with a uh, custom foam cut for your controller. And we're going to jump in and talk about second game here, Overcooked 2. Let's do a little, we, we had enough about farming simulators lately. Let's talk about a cooking simulator. Um, Man, Overcooked 2. I we never I never played the first one, Um, and I actually hadn't touched the second one until it was about two years ago. I went to the Iowa State Fair, which you may not know what that is, but around here, that's like people's like mecca like people just they come like crazy and two years ago the nintendo like the truck they take around was actually at the iowa state fair and so i had a cousin he was like hey we got to go like cool let's go and it was actually a pretty sick setup they had a splatoon setup with like eight tvs four on each side playing um and they had like 12 switches in there and so we were on played and we got to overcooked and i'm like this game looks incredibly stupid like i don't want to play a game about cooking like this is just dumb and we start playing and it's just absolute chaos and i loved every second of it and so it's if you haven't played overcooked um first of all skip the first one go to overcooked two it's thousand times better um and don't let the cooking turn you off because it really has nothing to do with cooking uh it's almost like a logic game kind of like some puzzles trying to figure out the best and the fastest way to do things but my favorite part about the game is it is one of the few video games my wife absolutely loves. And so anything I can do to make video games not like my hobby, but our hobby, like I jump on that every single time. And so I've tried with different games across the years. Most of them have been strikeouts. Mario Kart is one she can do, but this one overcooked during the pandemic, we put a solid like 200 hours into it. Um, and not only do we like, enjoy it but like we started kicking butt at it and so we've now gone through the game and all the dlcs about four or five times and four starred every single level um and we just like grinded it out it's a blast so yeah i can't say good good enough things about overcooked too that's impressive that you dove into that with your wife especially because i would be utterly like what if something went wrong because that's a game like like real-time strategy like jokes about the cooking aside real-time strategy is the the genre I kind of put that into because it's less about the cooking and more about like, how do you move everything around? You're trying to get orders out in time. You're trying to get them out in right sequencing. You're trying to move ingredients and you got two people moving through the kitchen 
trying not to crash into each other. You got to really be communicative while you're making it work. That that's that's a dangerous game you dove in on there. I'm not gonna lie. There's times that we pissed each other off. That is that is 100. Um, actually, the game we played before that was a game called Snipper Clips, and I hate that game. It is a marriage wrecker. I wouldn't. I cannot suggest you play that game ever. Uh, but we got into this one, and it was a completely different story. Um, I think my 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 favorite moment was my wife. I play a lot of Mario Kart. You guys kind of mentioned that. I love Mario Kart, um, and I grind the time trials. Kind of watch basic training. Well, shout out to basic. He got one last week. He'll get one this week too. Um, but I grind out those time trials, and my wife hates it. She'll sit there and watch me restart like 17 times because if you make a mistake at the beginning or wherever, there's no point in continuing. And so overcooked, if you're trying to four star some of the levels, it's the exact same thing, but she didn't, I mean, she just didn't see it. And I didn't say anything. And one time she was making fun of me for Mario Kart and I had to pause it. And I'm like, okay, listen here, overcooked too. How many times do we restart a level? Cause one of us fell off or this. And she was like, no, no, that's not the same. That's not the same. So I really, I really liked that moment because I kind of like shoved that, uh, <laughs> shoved that Mario Kart uh, back right in her face. And so, but Overcooked 2, it has its challenges, but I love that you have to work together. Like if you're not working together, you're not going to pass those levels. And so um, it, it's a fun one to do. Be careful with who you play it with, I guess, is a good, uh, good thing there. So before we go any further, I do have to sn- stop the uh, snipper clips uh, commentary because I, I, my kids and I had fun with that one. I'm going to... I'll, I'll say that my kid, it so, worked for my kids. It's probably a me issue. Um, I like being in control. And so like in games like that, it's board games. Same thing with me. Like I know what to do and I struggle not to tell you exactly what you need to do. And so I would do that and she'd be like, she just got mad. And then I got mad and it was just not good. Yeah. You're just trying to grab her controller. It goes downhill from there. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, so let, let's talk about game number three. And this was one where, I don't remember, was it you who actually requested this be added to the Channel 3 library? Because nope. it, it was one of those uh, memories rushing back for me that I forgot Chip's Challenge existed, but once I saw the game layout, it, it just came flooding back to me. So, so let's talk about Chip's Challenge. So Chip's Challenge was actually, to my recollection, was one of like the first video games I played. Um, and I've played it in two different ways. I actually did play it back to my uncle with the the vast amount of retro video games is one of his things is the Atari Lynx. And I freaking love that thing. It is so much fun as a kid. I loved it because it has like the feature where you can like flip the screen upside down. And like, it, it was just so cool. And so that was my first thing of it. But then we got it on our PC at my house and it was a game that my parents loved letting us play. Because not only is it a blast, but it is straight logic puzzles. That's the whole thing. Um, And for those of you that don't know what Chip's Challenge is, one, it's free on Steam. So I would highly recommend going and downloading it. Um, After I suggested on Channel 3, I actually went to check. I'm like, yeah, we played this in a while. Free on Steam, downloaded it. I think I'm on level like 95 right now. I've been like playing it whenever I get some time. Um, One thing I did not know as a kid... I'm pulling it up right now really quick, sorry, is the plot of Chip's Challenge. We just jumped in and started playing. And so the plot of Chip's Challenge, I'm just going to read it off here really quick. The premise of the game is that a high school nerd, Chip McCallahan, has met Melinda, the mental marvel, in the school science laboratory. 
and must navigate through Melinda's clubhouse, a series of increasingly difficult puzzles in order to prove himself and gain membership to the very exclusive Bitbusters Club. I never knew there was a backstory to this game, I'll be honest, until, gosh, it would have been like a couple of years ago. I was like messing around with it and saw it, and I was like, okay, that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more than the uh, the Atari era of like three dots and a couple triangles and, and some things being shot across the screen. You find out there's like an eight-page novella that comes along with the instruction manual, but... Yeah, you don't have that anymore with the, with games today. You don't get that uh, eight-page uh, breakdown of what the story is, of what the three dots are. Yeah. Again, Chip, Chip's got a little more going on to it than that, but yeah. It does, and I like I said, the one thing I don't like about the version on Steam, it's like the up, updated version, uh, which has changed all of like the, lay, the, the looks of the layout, the characters, the enemies, things like that. So it doesn't quite have the nostalgia factor that I wish it did still, but it's still just a classic game. Same levels, just change the looks of them. It was one. It was one, like you said, you didn't have to worry about getting in trouble for. I want to say I played it in the school my mom taught in at that point. Uh, so I want to say that, like, even schools had that one uh, available for play, much like Oregon Trail was uh, a factual educational game. I think Chips Challenge fell into that bucket as well. I, I mean, I would hundred percent. Like, I'm, I'm a school teacher. I work in a middle school. I would one hundred percent feel comfortable like bringing that into my classroom because like you do it's it's logic it's uh problem solving um and it's and it gets back to that grind like there's levels like on this replay i'm doing right now there's levels i've had to play like 33 times because i keep making the same stupid mistake or you learn from what you're doing so it's 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 a great game but like i said that was a game that my parents allowed me to play as a kid before I really got into video games, and so that always that'll always hold a special place in my heart, hundred percent. So, do you, do you see any running themes between the three games we talked about there with Mario Brothers Three, Overcooked Two, and Chips Challenge? I mean, I guess for me, like the the, the kind of the running theme there is just what it's meant to me as a person growing up and throughout my life, and they're all like such huge milestones. But in terms of gameplay. Um, it's, it's, there's a vast amount of levels and in order to master those levels, you just got to play them over and over and over again. And the more you play them, the better you get, the farther you advance in the story. Let's, uh, let's get to honorable mentions then on the note of over and over and over again, as (laughs) the first game that you brought up is the aforementioned Mario Kart 8. Yeah, I couldn't leave off the list. I, I felt kind of bad not having it on my top three. Um, but in all honesty, it's a fairly new game to me. Um, I did not, I did not play it on the Wii U, never played the Mario Kart 8. And I didn't get really get into Mario Kart 8 Deluxe until I joined, uh, the, the dad gaming, uh, group back in, well, I think I joined in 2019, but I didn't really start playing until, gosh, it's probably 2020 or 2021. And so it, like I said, it's been a fairly recent game to me. Um, but what it did is it like reignited my love for gaming. Um, I think we've all kind of been through this. If you've had, uh, had any children, the, the birth of my son, I really just like took a break from games. I did like, I couldn't, I just had no desire. I would like get my switch out. I'd put a game in and I would look at the screen. I'm just like, uh, I'm going to just watch TV instead. And so being a part of the group with Mario Kart, like that really got me back into gaming. And since then, I've logged like, you know, a couple hundred hours on Mario Kart 8. 
grinding the time trials and playing cart games and doing all these things. Um, and that really just kind of like I said, it got me back into gaming, which I am super, super thankful for because games have always been a huge part of my life. And I think they will continue to be a huge part of my life. Um, but another special thing about Mario Kart 8 is that, again, that's one of the games my wife will play. But in the last year, it's a game that my son has started to play with me. And that's like a huge dream of mine is like, I can't wait until my kid is old enough to play games with. He's currently, he turns three on January 1st. So he's, he's still not quite old enough to like, really play games but he'll hold the the controller and um he'll just sit there and he just it's so fun he emulates everything i say so i'll be like gosh dang it and he'll be sitting over there going gosh dang it and so i don't know it's been it's been a blast it's like a it's kind of those things that i play with my wife i play with my son play with my friends it just it's not even the game necessarily it's who i'm playing it with so i I was like, I can echo that too. My son was three when he started playing. It was Mario Kart was basically the first game, and he's you know just turned four now, and he does the same thing. He now he plays on his own, you know, without kind of the uh, the bumper rails on the side. But that from three, yeah, the auto accelerate, don't fall off the track, and I mean he was all in on it. It's just I think that's the easiest game to play with your kid. You're right. That's it's who you're playing with. That's definitely the best part of it. Yeah. So I was just going to suggest, just uh, since your son is such a sponge for uh, the uh, verbal language there, keep them away from the Discord chat. That will be uh, that will be important. They will learn lots of new words uh, coming out coming out of yeah. the Discord. Yeah, no, he will he will not hear anything from me, and nor will he be on Discord anytime soon. <laughs> All right. So the next game your honorable mentions is Dread Halls VR, and I I have questions because I also <laughs> I have an Oculus. Uh, and I, you know, I, I played the VR games. I've played these kind of like dungeon crawler ones. And I told you, I took about 10 minutes before deciding that I do not want to have a virtual reality version of horror games. So you got to let me know why this, how this one made it to the honorable mention list. So, yeah, so the Oculus Quest was my first real jump into VR. I did like the old like goggles where you put your phone in and you can like do the different like roller coasters and things like that. And it was kind of cool, but kind of gimmicky. Uh, but I got the quest and I have the quest too. Um, and oh my gosh, it was a game changer. Like it's just incredible. Um, and there's like the classic Beat Saber and Super Hot and all these different things that are great games. I love them. But Dread Halls, it's just I, I don't know. I, it's kind of hard to explain. I do love horror things. I love horror movies. I love horror games. I love doing that kind of stuff. I love jump scares. Um, Huge part of my childhood was me hiding in closets, jumping out at my parents when they'd get home and like, scaring the crap out of them. Um, as I got older, I stopped because I started thinking, what if I gave them a heart attack? Like, how would I feel? I would. <laughs> but anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, so Dread Halls was a friend introduced it to me. And it was like a, it was like a $10 game on Oculus. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to give this a try. And the interesting thing about this game is you don't have any weapons. You can't fight or anything like that. It's simply you walking through these mazes, trying to collect things. And so you have lights, you have, you have to pick locks on the doors. You have to do those types of things, collect money, collect different things. But all you can do is run. And there's so many different enemies you'll face. My favorite thing about the Oculus in general is you can kind of cast it up to the screen so everyone else can see what you're seeing. And to me, like you, that makes, that's a must. That's a must because it makes it so much better. And so one of my favorite memories of this uh, Dread Hall game was actually another channel for a member. His name is What. 
he was over at my house one time. Um, we were high school buddies. He was over at my house and a couple other people. And we were had it cast up the screen. And he was doing dread halls. And he walks into a room and he sees a gargoyle statue in front of him. Okay. He turns to the side, looks around the room, nothing else. Turns back, gargoyle statue's gone. And he just verbally is like, oh crap. So he turns to run out of the room. So he turns around and right in front of him is the gargoyle. And he just takes off. And I don't mean in the game. He takes off running across my basement. And I see him streaking towards my TV and my life flashes before my eyes. Luckily, he like hits the table, falls on the couch, falls on the floor. And we're just cracking up laughing. And he and he, ta he takes the headset off and he was just like, oh my God. And so it's, it's just, it's such a fun game. Um, but it was like my first introduction to VR. And so I've played lots of VR horror games and there's some really good ones, but Dread Halls is just a fun one because you don't have to fight. You're not doing like that. It's just going around searching and you'll just have so many jump scares in that game. It's a blast. Yeah, I got to say, if you don't have an Oculus, pick one up. They really put you in the game. And if you're watching on the screen, this, the screen is not as scary as actually being in it. I can tell you that you watch the screen and think, ah, you know, whatever. That's not a big deal. You put that headset on, man, you feel it. You're there. All right. Well, it's so weird. It's so weird uh, about the screen. Like, if even if you're watching like Beat Saber, I remember watching the first time Beat Saber on the screen. It looks ridiculous. You're like, there's no way I could do that. But then you put the goggles on and you're fully immersed, and it's mm -hmm. just a whole different thing. It's a yep. whole different thing. All right. So the last game on your um, honorable mentions is kind of like the precursor to uh, to VR in a sense, and it's the the Wii Sports and the Connect Sports, which was the extension for Xbox 360 that eventually came out too. So tell. Tell us about those two there. So this this made the list um, really for one main reason, and that's the fact that that is the only game in like my history of gaming that my entire family has played together. And so I, only game I think I've ever seen my mom play. That was a game my dad would play, my sister would play. We'd all get together in our basement. Uh, we had it hooked up to our projector in our basement, and we would play Wii Sports and Connect Sports. Um, and so just right there, like it was kind of gave birth to the motion controls, the motion games, and they weren't perfect. <laughs> they were far from perfect. Those Wii sports games were absolutely ridiculous. Um, connect was super glitchy at times, mm -hmm. but they were a blast. Like they were just an absolute blast. And we had so much fun in our basement playing Wii sports and connect sports that, um, those are some of those memories that I'll, I'll never forget. And to me, that's what like gaming's all about. It's it's the people you're playing with. Um, I love single player games. I love Zelda. I love Mario games. But my favorite memories of gaming is playing Land Party Halo in my basement with my friends. It's playing Wii Sports with my family. And so those are the things that stick with me the most. And so just getting my like my mom and dad out there running down the track on the Connect Sports. And you're sitting there screaming at him, get your knees up, get your knees up. And like, it's, it was just, it was so much fun, uh, glitchy as heck, but a blast at the same time. So to, uh, to round it off, what's the, what's the top sport in Wii Sports and your top, uh, your top sport for Connect Sports? Ooh, oh man, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. It's, it's been a few years. Uh, Connect Sports was definitely the the track and field. I I got that down. I got the running down to where I'd get my knees up, and it didn't matter how fast you went, but the higher those knees went, the faster you went on that track. Um, 
Wii Sports, honestly, my best slash favorite one was actually, it was like one of the Wii bowling mini games. And it was like where you started with like the 10 pins and it slowly just got more and more and more. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And my favorite part was there was a glitch that if you bowled it down like the wall and you got the ball to stay on the wall all the way down, it knocked over every single pin. And so when you got up to like having hundreds of pins, it didn't matter if you hit them, you go down that wall, boom, they all get taken out. So that was, that was kind of a fun one to play when you're playing with friends and they're like knocking down 120 pins, you knock down a thousand or whatever it was. So that was, that was probably the one that I won the most on simply for that reason. I, I got to give a plug for the Wii sports because my son was watching baseball over the weekend and, and, I have watched it for much of his life, but it wasn't until we cracked the Wii Sports that he really started to get the game, and he kind of lost his mind at a bad check swing call. And he said even the Wii Sports <laughs> could get it right, so it still it still serves educational purposes to this day. Even see, so I got a question: Have you guys played the Nintendo Sports for the Switch? Switch Sports? Uh, it, I, I should just put it right into my backlog. I've touched on it. I love the sword fighting in it because that was my favorite thing from the Wii Sports Resort, uh, but. Yeah, most of the other ones haven't quite hit how I wanted them to, but the sword fighting still gets the job done. Yeah, it was one for me that, like, when I saw it was coming out, I was super pumped simply because of that Wii Sports nostalgia. Um, and I've dabbled in it, but it, it didn't quite, it didn't quite uh, kind of take me over like Wii Sports did for sure. I'm curious to see because they're adding golf to it before the end of the yeah. calendar year. If they're going to do anything else, like if it's if they're going to if they've got something in the background, are they going to add another sport or if it's just going to kind of ride into the sunset from here? I'm really curious to see what happens. The the Wii Sports Golf was definitely the most hours our family logged on on that one. We spent a lot of time playing 18 holes on that thing. All right. So, Mama, one future game that you are looking forward to. So, so this was tough. I, I had a few out there. I felt like there were some obvious answers with like, you know, the new new Zelda game coming out obviously is top of like everyone's list. Uh, but I went a little bit, a little bit off, off, off rail here and said, it takes two for the Switch. It's not a new game by any means. It's been out there for, uh, you know, a, 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 quite a while. Um, but it's coming to the Switch, I think actually end of 2022 is when it is getting released for the Switch, maybe November even. Um, but I'm always, always, always looking for games I can play with my wife. Um, trying to, again, not spend hours locked away in my basement, but actually trying to spend quality time together while having a blast. Um, uh, note out there to you guys, I tried it with Cuphead. Horrible idea. Horrible idea. Uh, she hated that game with a burning passion. <laughs> uh, but It Takes Two is a much more laid back type of game. And so I'm pretty pretty sure that she won't hate it so i'm really excited to give that a try and kind of be able to add another game to like our list of games we play together so one of the things we've done on channel three is there's a quest and usually a question of the day that comes out for everybody and one of the things we agreed we were going to do here was to ask you one of those but we weren't going to tell you which one we were going to bring up so our quest for you if you could have one game remade what would it be and it doesn't have to be your answer oh, that man. you gave on the website. It can be something new, or if you change your mind, go for it. No, so that's what I was going to say. I was like, honestly, I, I remember answering that quest. I 100% do. I couldn't tell you what I put there because I had like 10 games in my mind that I was going through, and I'm like, oh, I would love that. To be, oh, that would be a great game to remake. 
man, one game to be remade. Um, that is a real tough question. This is this is gonna this is gonna be strange, I think, to a lot of people. I think the one game that I would love to get a remake with completely updated, upgraded everything would be Super Mario 64. Um, and I know they re-released it on the Switch and I played it through again. Um, and it it was a great time, but it's still wonky as heck on on the controls and everything like that. And I love it for the nostalgia factor. It doesn't really bother me, uh, but it's not great. <laughs> But I would love to be able to play that game with just updated engines, updated controls, and just really go to town on it. That's one game that I will 100% every single time I play it. And so just having an upgraded, updated version of that, having it completely remade, I think would be a blast. So give it that Mario Odyssey uh, polish and shine. I was going to say they, they, called, they made that game. It's called Mario Odyssey. See, they did, and I love Odyssey. It's one; it's an incredible game, um, and it's weird that some people took so long to play that game for the first time. I'm but still anyway. doing. I'm still working on it, right? <laughs> I finished no. the main story. There was something so Odyssey, really subtle about what you said there, Mom. But I don't. I don't know what it was. Like it felt like there was some kind of direct shot at you know somebody who's who's on here. I don't. I don't know what that was about, but you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, that definitely was not pointed at Ray by any means. Um, no, Odyssey was an was and is an incredible game. I 100% of that game got 999 moons, did it all, uh, love it. But the one thing that Odyssey was different is it had that open world feeling to it, which I loved, but it was so different than 64. Um, part of the part of the thing I loved about Super Mario 64 is that you did have you had your set level, you jump in the paintings, and you go. Whereas I feel like I'd go into Super Mario Odyssey, I'd go into a world and I look up and I'm like, oh, there's a moon, there's a moon, there's a moon, there's a moon, there's a moon. Whereas Super Mario 64, you jump in and you're like, okay, you got to do this one thing and you go do it. Well, not only that, Space, but the, the, like the that. configuration of the level changed too. Like there were, you'd have the, what was it? Five yeah. or six, you have the six stars and the red coin star. But if depending on which selection you made, the actual physical level would have adjustments made yeah. to it too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the cannons are different. The balls rolling down the mountains are different. And so, yeah, it changed depending on what you were supposed to be doing. Now, you could still go off off course and get different stars while you were there. Um, but but yeah, 100%. Yeah. yeah, for sure. All right. Well, we have made it to the end of our episode here. Thanks again to Block Mamba. You can check them out, c3.gg slash Block Mamba. All the links are there. Channel 3 is this is where it's at. We've got more episodes coming out. Web episodes are dropping Wednesdays at 6.03 a.m. on all your local podcast feeds, whether that's Spotify, Google, or Apple. And again, you find us at c3.gg slash podcast. Thanks, Mamba. Thanks, Dan, for putting this all together as always. And we'll see you all next time. <laughs> <laughs>